0: relationships. What comes to mind when you hear this term? Depending on your background, understanding of the concept, beliefs, and experience, I would imagine a wide range of ideas come up. Non-monogamy has been practiced since the invention of monogamy. However, it is normally done in secret and is a betrayal of the trust in a relationship. In recent years, increasing numbers of couples are attempting to experience the benefits of having other romantic connections while still being in a loving and trusting marriage. But can this really be done? Find out today. I am your host, Trevor White, and this is Marriage Stories. All right, welcome. So this week on Marriage Stories, we have um, a very exciting story to get into. A couple, Keith and Gwen, are joining us from Seattle. Welcome.
1: Hi, Trevor. Thanks for having us. Hi.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. So, uh, Keith Gwen, like I always do uh, with these stories, I like to have you introduce your partner um, to me, to the audience, um, before we get going. So... Who would like to get started? I'll take it. Um, Mm
2: -hmm. So here with me is my partner Gwen, an author in her early 30s. She fits in with a crowd when she wants to, but she has a unique and eclectic style that includes collecting fabric art and dressing up a plastic goose that lives on our porch. She is at her best when hosting an event, and especially if it involves a good story.
0: All right. So there's a plastic goose involved.
1: It's called a porch goose. It's a Midwestern tradition that I adopted. Yes. Um, Her name is Gertrude. She lives on our porch. She has many outfits. And uh, for anyone interested, you can go on Etsy and you can search uh, goose clothing or porch goose clothing, and you will find a variety of very, very disturbing outfits uh, that you can dress your your porch goose in to express the seasons or your emotions.
0: Okay. And so, so Keith, is that the general idea here is that she dresses the goose to fit, like, it's kind of like a mood ring? Mood goose? I I don't think of it
2: as a mood ring. Um, it's more of, uh, like a ritual, I think, where, Mm -hmm. you know, as the seasons, um, progress, we'll see Gertrude, uh, adopt a, a raincoat or, mm-hmm. you know, something more fitting of, of a different season.
1: It's almost time for her bumblebee costume.
2: There's a, mm-hmm. the, the whole goose becomes a bumblebee as, mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. goose might dress up for Halloween.
1: Yeah. Um, she has nice. a Halloween costume though. That's different. It's right. a pumpkin.
2: But I, I mentioned this in particular because, um, you know, one of the best things about, um, you know, the relationship that I have with Gwen uh, is how goofy we get to be, which, Mm -hmm. you know, let's, it gives me an opportunity to let my guard down. And I Mm -hmm. just wanted to give a little bit of a window into, uh,
0: some of the delight. Oh, Mm
1: -hmm. that's very Mm -hmm. sweet. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Wonderful. You mentioned hosting is another love. Yes. Um,
2: did you want to comment on that? I mean, from my angle, um, another, you know, wonderful characteristic that Gwen has is, um, a selflessness, mm-hmm. um, especially associated with uh, putting groups of people together and facilitating, mm-hmm. um, could be a party, it could be a dinner, it could be any sort of event. Um, there's, uh, Gwen has a desire to share, and um, mm-hmm. you know, typically that's, or not even typically, there's sharing stories, which is a big part of uh, Gwen's drive. Um, mm-hmm. But there's more than just stories. There's, you know, good times and food. experiences, <laughs> food, love. Mm-hmm.
1: I think that that was something that um, drew us together in the first place was mm-hmm. how much you also enjoyed entertaining and how much you got out of parties. You know, I remember mm-hmm. very early in our relationship it was so gratifying to me that we could leave an event and I could turn to and I could say, oh my gosh, did you notice when this person did this thing and then this happened and then that person said that and there weren't even enough sliders and like, oh my gosh, so-and-so was standing by the guacamole, they ate the whole thing. And instead of just looking at me, you know, like, what? You were like, yes, I also noticed that. And did you think that it meant this? And like, what about that? And it was like, oh, Mm -hmm. finally, someone who is as attuned to, like, other people in in these big social situations and is as interested in other people's experiences as I am. Mm-hmm.
0: Wonderful. So, so, Gwen, I take it that you feel like this is a fitting introduction to you. Oh, certainly. As a person. Yeah, we
1: went over this at breakfast this morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Great. So, so, could you now introduce Keith?
1: Absolutely. Um, Keith is a... Seattle software engineer in his mid-30s. He and I both work from home where we collaboratively co-parent a very sad, spoiled dog. Um, Keith loves to explore new hobbies. He's always taking on something new. He's a big project guy. Um, and he What's a recent that
0: his- hobby or project that he's taken on?
1: Oh, I mean, I think the one that's coming up is going to be drone photography. <laughs> oh, no.
0: we, we, just, we had a taste
1: of that over the weekend, and like, nice, yeah. I, I can
2: see it. That, <laughs> I suppose, is just a tangent to photography, which is uh, the last two years. But mm-hmm. I'm often building things, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I you know, sometimes it's adjacent to software engineering, and sometimes it's completely different. You know, I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm the kind of nerd with a laser cutter in my basement.
1: Mm-hmm. And a 3D mm-hmm. printer. Yeah. Nice. Keith is at his best when his to-do list is expertly organized. Uh, and he is unwaveringly honest and genuinely kind.
0: Mm. Wonderful. Wonderful. Now, you were saying, Gwen, that part of what drew you to him was his... Curiosity or, or sim- similarity to you around parties and hosting. Uh, Keith, what, what uh, drew you to Gwen? Um, the
2: creativity, the enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think enthusiasm uh, is a big one for me. Um, you know, Gwen doesn't really, Gwen puts her whole self into um, quite a lot of things, and mm-hmm. that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. Um, our the you know the very early days of our relationship were just felt like a whirlwind of you know fun and you know adventure.
1: I think it helped mm-hmm. that we were both unemployed.
2: Yes, <laughs> um, but it was
1: summer in Seattle, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: neither mm-hmm. of us had anywhere to be except. With each other, hanging out, having a good time.
2: Yeah. At that time in my life, I was relishing being single. Um, I had not really spent a lot of time being single mm-hmm. in a minute at that point in my life. And mm-hmm. I was doing it the best I had ever done it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I really wasn't looking for a relationship, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, you know, I happened to meet Gwen and... And, you know, our dynamic didn't change how adventurous I was and mm-hmm. how much fun I was having. Um, you know, it was still unbridled. You know, I get to do whatever I want and um, and everything I'm doing is exactly what I want to do. And, you know, it was just you perfectly complemented all of the things that I <laughs> was, uh, you know, doing at that time. So it, it just made sense.
1: Well, I mean, it helps that you were doing, like, Tremendously cool stuff. (laughs) uh, So tell
0: us more about this. This is this is how we got to be as a couple. It was summer in Seattle. We were both unemployed. Um, What? When was this? What year?
2: 2014. Um, Okay. I'll tell it from my angle, and then Gwen can tell it from hers. Um, I had just left uh, a job at a big tech company in Seattle. Um, so it was, it was my first job out of college. I spent four years there. And, you know, I was feeling like, you know, I did four years of high school, four years of college, four years of, you know, big tech job. Uh, it's time for change. I wasn't rushing into anything else. So I took some time off. I traveled for three or four months, um, you know, just around the world in a backpack. It was an awesome experience. I got back to Seattle and connected with Gwen within days.
1: Yeah, you were, like, still jet-lagged.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. It was, uh, Where was this? What was the setting? Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tales yeah, old back, time. When,
1: back when Tinder was, because, like, 2014 for Tinder, Tinder right. was, like, the hookup app.
0: Mm-hmm. It was, like, mm-hmm. if
1: you want to find a husband, you're on, like, OkCupid. Cupid. You know, right. like you're like E-Harmony, on like a, like or, a web yeah. browser, like yes. reading <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like paragraphs about people. And if you're on Tinder, you know, at that point, it's the only swipe game in town. And I was well, very you'd call it like the
0: halcyon days of Tinder. Like that was when people were, you know, I remember from from uh, doing private practice in Seattle at that time, people were meeting and like, you know, um, it was it was exciting. It was felt very new. You oh, know, yeah. Um, and people were hooking up.
1: To. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I definitely was thinking of it as as a as a hookup app. I had just moved to Seattle maybe like 2 months earlier from um a small town in in the south. Um I moved to Seattle without knowing really anyone who lived there. I didn't have a job, I didn't have an apartment, I didn't have any plans. Um, But, you know, that wasn't going to stop me. So I went to Seattle and didn't have any friends, got on Tinder and was just like, I'm just here to have a good time. Like, I'm trying to figure myself out. I'm trying to figure this city out. Definitely not looking for anything serious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And... I remember being like so freaked out that I liked you so much. And I was like, this isn't what I wanted to happen right now. Like, oh no. You know, like I remember calling my friend from your apartment, you had like gone out somewhere or so i was in your apartment alone maybe i was like looking after your plants while you were out of town but i was like i just i don't know what to do like i really like him like i really like i want to be in like a relationship maybe for like a long time and my friend was like yeah like what is the problem with that (laughs) that's a
0: feature not a bug as it were
1: but i didn't want it to happen right now Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i was like well you don't get to decide when mm-hmm, you when you mm-hmm. meet someone. I mean, I guess so, you do. I got on Tinder, but...
0: Right. So how did that kind of dynamic, you know, develop from there? You were not necessarily looking for a relationship, but then you found yourself in one.
1: I fell totally head over heels in love with Keith. And, um, you know, it was... Uh, Not quite love at first sight, but, like, the first impression was pretty good for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we had a bit of a rocky start with, like, the first couple of dates, and that's, like, a funny story in and of itself, but we don't need to get into it. You
2: you say that, but we also spent five days of the first week together so it couldn't have been that rocky Mm.
1: well no no no. there were like a few days in between like our first date and then when we just spent like every single day for the next 10 Mm -hmm. years together
0: fair (laughs) so so Um, once we kind of once we kind of got things going um what have we learned about like what we do well as a couple what is it that we feel like we are good at as a couple
2: Communication.
1: Yeah, we talk about everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that was very intentional early on. Um, I had come uh, from relationships where there were things that were not talked about or there were things that I didn't feel heard around. And I just really was, like, very aggressive with the, like, we're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about everything as soon as it comes up. We're going to just, like... There are no secrets. There's no like trying to protect someone else's feelings. Like Mm -hmm. you just have to get everything into the open and be as honest as possible. Mm -hmm. And just kind of um, when you, when you have that as the, as the framework and the foundation of your relationship, I think it just makes everything so much easier. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, I was um, one, maybe one and a half years single. uh, And prior to that, at the time that we met. And prior to that, mm-hmm. I was in a relationship of four years. And that relationship was healthy on the surface and, mm-hmm. and happy in a lot yeah. of ways. But mm-hmm. um, I did not express my needs in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had reflected on that. And mm-hmm. I knew that um, in order to have a relationship that worked for me, I needed to communicate more. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, we started off just really feeling confidence, I think, Mm -hmm. on both our parts in being able to talk about things. And um, Mm -hmm. that became a very important foundational piece of our dynamic.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I knew right away. I I felt right away from you that you were a person who was, uh, uncomfortable with dishonesty, which I really like. Um, Mm -hmm. because it, it means that when I ask you a direct question, I know that I'm going to get the truth. And I think that I built your trust over time, you know, showing you that like, you can be honest with me. And even when the truth is like unpleasant, it's like, I I'm still going to like show up and like work through that. I'm not going to punish you for, you know, telling the truth. I'm not going to implode our relationship. I'm going to work to, to find understanding.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, uncomfortable with dishonesty. You know, oh, I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I think this like double negative rule is, is uh, not, not my thing. I like, I feel like double negatives, like in that situation, that, that's an elegant way to state that. So, you know, that <laughs> could be your title. Mm. Well, it's 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 different than comfort with honesty.
1: Yeah. Right. Um,
2: it's almost obsession with honesty. <laughs>
1: well, I think it's actually best described as discomfort yes, with agree. dishonesty. Mm-hmm. Like, you are not a person who can comfortably lie or even obfuscate the truth. Like, you have a real... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Need um, emotionally to be forthright, especially when confronted with a direct question. And I'm a person mm-hmm. who has a lot of very direct questions because um, mm-hmm. I'm about as subtle as a battering ram, you know? <laughs> so we make a great team.
0: Yeah. So, so, you know, as y'all kind of developed this dynamic where communicating about everything, being honest and open was so important, I'd imagine there were some things that were easier to do that around and then some things that were harder to do that around. I think for every couple, there's things they communicate about really smoothly and easily and there's other things that are just more challenging. What were some of the challenges, especially early on, that y'all had to work through as you were trying to be radically honest?
1: That's a really good question.
2: Yeah, nothing comes to mind. The it's first, been a long time. <laughs> while I'm thinking about it, I will say it might have actually helped us. And I've never put this together, so this is entirely speculative. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. This is happening live on Marriage Stories. Yeah, well, <laughs> we did just cover that neither Gwen nor I um, were looking for a relationship at the time that we met, which also means that you have room to fail. And, you know, it gives you confidence, like oh, if I can't speak my mind with this person, then whatever, you know, mm-hmm. move on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, like, there's less at stake if you, until the point that you are smitten and then then everything, you know, then the stakes mm-hmm. fly right back in.
1: I think the moment for me that I knew that it was, that that our love was just gonna steamroll me was very early, very early in our relationship. Maybe, like, A month in and you know I've been coming with you to you know it's summer in Seattle so there's Mm -hmm. something doing every night of the week Mm -hmm. Um, and so i had been coming with you to all of these events meeting all of your friends and just having the time of my life and I remember we were laying in bed and you said hey no matter what happens between us I think that you've found your people and that, like, whatever, you know, comes of this relationship, like, I don't want you to lose that. Like, this is, this is where you belong. And I just thought, like, oh, my God, Th- this guy is so selfless. I would never say this to a person, like, ever. Oh, um, yeah. And, and I was like, wow, this guy really cares about me and <laughs> wants me to be happy whether or not he's involved in that Mm -hmm. I guess I'll just fall head over heels in love and
0: spend the rest of my life with him. Mm -hmm. So, so that's always interesting to me because like you're saying, they had this exciting, wonderful summer love, right. You know, experience that, you know, developed into something more than we expected. Um, At what point do we decide that we wanted to turn that into a marriage? Because there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. that run into similar situations and it, Takes different turns than that. You all chose to get married. So what? What? At what point did we decide to make this legal? Four years in. Um, I mean the.
1: Well, that's when we had the wedding.
2: Yeah, but my point is also that you know it wasn't. Uh, there was no direction, or there was no intention behind its direction for quite some time.
1: Oh, but, I disagree. Hmm. Wow, that's really interesting. I very distinctly remember telling you early in our relationship that, like, I'm the marrying kind, and, like, if this is going to be a serious relationship, I need to know that that's a possibility for you. And I remember that you said, uh, you know, it's never been something that's, like, super important to me, but I'm not opposed to it. Mm. And then I was also like, how do you feel about living off the grid on a farm? And you were like, I'm into that. And I was like, great. (laughs) As long as you're cool on both of those things, like getting married and living on a farm, mm-hmm. we're going to, we'll, we'll, we can continue to get to know each other.
2: Yeah. And to me, that didn't feel like a commitment.
1: Oh, um, no, but I needed to
0: know that it was a possibility. Mm-hmm. So from there, you know, after a number of years, we decided to, to do it. you know, what, what inspired y'all? At what point were you like, you know what, we should, we should go ahead and get married. We
1: should get the government involved.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, it didn't
2: change anything for us uh, Mm -hmm. as far as the day-to-day of living our Mm -hmm. lives. Um, It was more of a celebration, you know? Mm -hmm. It was a point Mm -hmm. um, in which it was clear that we were in it for the long haul, Mm -hmm. that there's Mm -hmm. no... um, you know, I think it was a, a statement that uh, I don't want to go back to life without you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I see it more as a celebration and a, uh, an expression of commitment than mm-hmm. anything else.
1: And you know, mm-hmm. we were we had purchased a home that year. We were we were making big mm-hmm. moves. I'm I'm from the south, and it's like mm-hmm. I think in order for our relationship to kind of. Uh, makes sense culturally mm-hmm. with, like, my relatives, um, mm-hmm. marriage was was an important step um, mm-hmm. in, in many ways. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that we had a long engagement, which was pretty cool. Like, we got engaged, like, two and a half years into our relationship, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then we just didn't plan anything for, like... Mm-hmm seven or eight months. And then Mm -hmm. we were like, okay, like now we will like plan a wedding. And then that took a year and then we got married and we'd been together for about four years um, Mm -hmm. at that point. And we just celebrated. No, we're about to celebrate our fifth wedding anniversary. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. um, It's interesting. I... I hear what you're saying about how it didn't change much for us, like going from being not married to married. But I think it's interesting because our relationship has changed a lot within the marriage. And, I mean, I think everyone's relationships have changed as we've mm-hmm. experienced, you know, the last several strange years. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you also have to let a marriage change. for Or a, a relationship change within a marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to hold on to... Uh, the state of things when you get married is Mm -hmm. going to be too binding. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's just interesting. I wouldn't have... I'm not surprised by where we ended up at all. Um, But it's, it's also not something I would have predicted, I think. How
0: have you evolved as a couple? What has been something that or a way that you have changed that has been significant?
1: The pandemic really brought us closer together, Mm -hmm. um, which is a weird thing to say, and we don't really Mm -hmm. talk about it a lot because it was a very difficult time for a lot of people. And, you know, it was very difficult for us as well, but in many ways it was also a really, like, beautiful and, like, lovely time where our big hobby prior to the pandemic was hosting was was throwing Mm. you know weekly dinner parties and like big big events going to events and hosting events planning cabin weekends planning birthday parties that kind of thing and when that fell away we were kind of left with like very separate hobbies uh, and interests and we had to find something in the middle and uh, without going into any details about what that is to help preserve our anonymity, um, you know, we, we landed on a collaborative art project that has been really beautiful. It's been amazing for both of us to kind of grow into this new this new realm and collaborate in ways that like, I never thought of Keith as a creative partner in, in that regard. Um, you know, I thought we would collaborate on home life and dog raising and farm having and, you know, that those kinds of things. But I, I never imagined that I would find someone who wanted to make magic with me, wanted to, to make art, wanted to tell stories, wanted to uh, get, get silly.
2: So... <laughs> Well I, well, I agree with you, I'd say that uh, you know I think our relationship from day one has been largely about making magic and being silly
1: that's true yeah, we're silly people,
0: but it's an evolution right that's kind of what we're talking about is that mm-hmm. any healthy relationship any healthy marriage evolves and grows and changes right you know and so the kind of expression of that magic making you know over the course of the pandemic. Um, through art, through collaborative art, you know, was very meaningful, it sounds like, and very important.
2: Yeah, I think that in the first four years of our relationship, we had not yet experienced the phenomenon of needing to really support uh, a partner through a longer-term um journey, you know, in the first four years, it was really a whirlwind of getting to know each other. And I think that after, you know, in the years before COVID, we, you know, learned um, what it's like for each of us to go through a funk, like a depressive funk for um, a few months at a time. And, you know, we've, we got to experience how that changes the dynamic of a relationship and how um, we want to hold each other up and to pull each other out of a, out of a hole. Um, And then, you know, in COVID that got to be even more extreme Mm -hmm. and uh, we got to experience um, the, the, the emotional uh, landscape of our relationship, uh, you know, take on, much more rocky terrain, not that we were rocky necessarily, but, you know, the mm-hmm. the, the, the journeying got harder sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. we sp- started to spend all day, every day mm-hmm. in the same spot. Um, and you know, a lot less to do.
1: It it really forces you inward. And mm -hmm. I don't know, it was also, it was also like a huge existential, you know, Mm -hmm. threat and a, and a crumbling of faith in humanity at times Mm -hmm. where it's just like, wow, guys, like could, can can we really not like just, (laughs) oh my God, why is this still happening? Um, Yeah. It was, we learned
0: through all of these challenges, how to support each other. What, what, you each needed I imagine those are different things, um, mm-hmm. you know, at these different times. Um, and these are wonderful things to experience in the first decade of a relationship. Um, certainly in our, in our nearly five years of marriage, I guess I'm curious, is there anything you'd go back and tell yourself at the beginning that you'd try to do differently? Is there anything you feel like, um, you would have liked to know before getting married?
1: Oh, man. I mean, like, I think if you have the opportunity to time travel, you should probably take it. But just offhand, like, there is nothing. I'm so happy with where we've landed. I'd be scared to Mm -hmm. fuck it up by going back Mm -hmm. in time and being like, oh, you know, everything's going to work out fine. Maybe that confidence would have, like, destroyed it for me. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, um, maybe I would have given myself bad advice.
2: I'm a very self-critical person Um, Mm -hmm. I find ways to be dissatisfied with my uh, with myself and my choices Mm and um, anything like that all the time Mm -hmm. I struggle to be very critical about our marriage or our relationship Um, Mm -hmm. I am just satisfied and Mm -hmm. um, it's perhaps a nice buoy to hold on to when i'm self-critical um Mm -hmm. but you know you know the proposal of you know if i could time travel i can think of a hundred things i would tell myself (laughs) about how i should handle the future Mm -hmm. Uh, and i can think of almost nothing for you know how i would better do this marriage Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah it's a wonderful thing and um, it'll be interesting as you go through your story and your journey here to see if there's, um, ever any moment where you look back and, and say, oh, I, w- I would have done this differently or I, I would have liked to know this at this time. Um, but I think there's a wonderful sense of contentment that you all seem to have with the way things have shaken out, which is, which is a beautiful thing. Um, now. And an element of your relationship that, that is of interest, I think, um, certainly to me as a therapist and I think to a lot of people is it's something that's talked about a lot more these days is that y'all participate in some ethical non-monogamy. Um, so would you be um, interested or willing to talk more about what that looks like for y'all and how you first um, stumbled into that? Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, when people first uh, find out that you're a practitioner of ethical non-monogamy, um, they have a lot of questions. We're,
0: we're mm-hmm. used to fielding questions about this. Um, mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess, you know, non-monogamy is probably about as a uh, ancient and as traditional as monogamy, right, you know, but the idea of like an ethical non-monogamy, right, that that we're participating in in a kind of fulsome, intentional way together with, you know, awareness of of what what we're choosing to do, um, that that is a somewhat newer concept and something that's that's interesting to a lot of people. So I'm curious if you could um, speak about for yourselves, like, what inspired this in the first place for you?
2: Uh, before we get quite to the origins, um, it's maybe worth noting that it is, you know, we've been talking about the um, evolution and the growth of a relationship mm-hmm. over time, mm-hmm. and the dynamics of ethno- e- of our ethical non monogamy are quite the same. You know, mm-hmm. we'll we'll start at the origin here, which uh, I know that Gwen and I remember differently. <laughs> But it's Mm -hmm. also been a very long time. Well,
1: I mean, we're Mm -hmm. two people, and we came to it two different ways. Um, Mm -hmm.
2: And uh, you know, it's been as dynamic as anything else.
1: Absolutely. Um,
2: And it it has to be.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only way to make it work. Um, For it
0: to fit in your relationship, especially because, like you're describing, in in relationship, relationship, right? You have to
1: have Mm -hmm. flexibility. You can't Mm -hmm. set out and say, like, this is how I'm going to live the rest of my life. These are the rules. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm
2: -hmm. rules Mm -hmm. are, I think, a Dangerous. I mean, they're an important but a dangerous idea Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. because, well, for a number of reasons, uh, it's really important to understand. It it rules are a proxy for your partner's comfort, Mm -hmm. um, and it's much easier it's much safer to deal with your partner's comfort directly than to try and Mm -hmm. proxy that with rules and Mm -hmm. say oh well if i don't break these rules then i'm fine
1: yeah Mm -hmm. um i think rules can also for a certain type of you know what let's just let's scale it back um Mm -hmm. and 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 talk about our journey so for me Mm -hmm. um I had never heard of ethical non-monogamy mm-hmm. until I moved to Seattle, which as far as I can tell is the ethical non-monogamy capital of the universe. Um, all of the jokes, all of the rumors, it's 100% true. Um, the like great San Francisco, Portland, Seattle poly mm-hmm. belt that exists up the, up the West coast is very real and, um, mm-hmm. So I moved here, having never heard of this concept. I get thrown in with Ke- uh, Keith's friends, and they're you know this freewheeling um, mid and early twenties group, and everybody has read you know Sex at Dawn and The Ethical mm-hmm. Slut, mm-hmm. and they are just making an absolute mess of their relationships, of every, like, people are getting their feelings hurt, people are lying, they're lying to themselves, they're lying to each other, people are crying, it's, it's just this constant stream of, like, drama and nonsense and, I mean, for two people like Keith and I, who just love to talk about our friends and to observe their bizarre behavior, it Mm -hmm. was this fodder of just like, oh my gosh, can you believe it? Can you believe Mm -hmm. that he did that? Mm -hmm. Here's what I would do if that was gonna, and and Mm -hmm. that's how I think the conversation really started, was this idea Mm -hmm. of like, everyone around us is doing this thing and they're being really smug about it, but we can see that this is only going to end badly, it's going very poorly, and we would do it differently. And, you know, Keith asked me when we first started dating, like, oh, you know, uh, like, we're going to be in a relationship. Do you want this to be like an open relationship? And I was like, open relationships are not real. Like, we are either dating or we are sleeping with other people, but like, you cannot have it both ways. Um, And so that was the first like year, maybe two years of our relationship was a traditional monogamous relationship where we just uh, gossiped a lot about our friends mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in their open relationships, and we just felt really smug about how we would do things better and differently if we were ever going to do that, which we definitely weren't. Um, and I would say that's that
0: that, that... Went. <laughs> right, and I'd say that position is where. Often people find themselves when they first hear about this idea, right? Mm-hmm. You know, of ethical non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, because usually Who would people do this? hear, about, "Why would you do right? this?"
1: Oh my god, get a hobby, yes.
0: right? <laughs> I said usually that. people I said are...
1: all those things.
0: Yes. <laughs> usually people are hearing about this because, you know, they had a friend that attempted it and it didn't work. Right. You know, perhaps yep. even as a, you know, Hey, our relationship isn't working. Let's try this. And Oh, that's you know, a terrible idea. <laughs> yes. Unsurprisingly. Right. That, that didn't go well. Um, so, so you were like, you know, most people when they first encounter this where it's like, Oh wow, this is really fascinating and interesting. Um, we're definitely never going to do this, but look at all these people mm-hmm. doing it.
1: Yeah, we had, we had front row seats to, like, the polyamory Olympics. Um, and after talking for, like, two years about how we were so much cleverer and, and more emotionally intelligent than anyone else that we knew, um, God, I hope none of them are listening to this, uh, we were like, well, maybe we can do this. You know, and it came from a real—it came from a really smug place where it was like, mm. "We've talked about everything. We've seen all of the train wrecks. We've seen how badly this can go, and like, we're not going to do any of that. We're going to just do this so perfectly. Like, wow." Um, spoiler alert: That's not what happened. <laughs> it's a—it's a huge learning curve. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when people ask me for advice about ethical non-monogamy, the number one thing that I always say, it's the first thing that I say, uh, is just prepare to have your feelings hurt. Mm -hmm. Like there are things Mm -hmm. that you cannot anticipate. There are things that you think you're okay with Mm -hmm. until you're not. Mm -hmm. And you have to trust that your partner One, is going to respond appropriately to your unhappiness and discomfort. And two, you need to trust that they're not trying to hurt you on purpose. You are trying to figure this out. You're trying to find where those boundaries are and, you know, what works within your specific relationship. And there are things that will hurt you that you don't even know about yet, and you will Mm -hmm. not discover them until you are hurt. So just prepare to have your feelings hurt. Just go in and expect Mm -hmm. that, and then I think that makes it a lot easier. I wish someone had told me that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Because there are a lot of times where it's like, oh my God, my feelings are hurt. What are we gonna do? And -hmm. the answer is like, well, we're gonna talk about it, and then we're not gonna do that again. Mm -hmm. And like, you might have some hurt feelings for a few days, but you Mm -hmm. will get through it, because at the end of the day, at least for us, you know, we are each other's primary partner. This relationship takes precedent over all others. And so kind of being able to circle back to like, this is what's important. Um, mm-hmm. And like this is what we're focused on. This is what we're what we're trying to build. And Ooh. anything that doesn't serve that is yeah. secondary.
0: And and kind of with that, I'm curious if you could describe for perhaps audience members that haven't read The Ethical Slut or Sex at Dawn, which, you know. I haven't read either of those books. We've actually never read
1: any books about ethical Um, non-monogamy. We are a terrible, terrible couple to have on your podcast to talk about ethical non-monogamy. We have done no research. We attend no support groups. We are just like making it up.
0: Well, I would well, say you've done social research, right? As you've described. Oh yeah, um, well, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but but, and, but for folks that maybe haven't you know encountered this you know in in more depth, I'm curious how you would describe your relationship specifically. Is it is ethical monogamy the right word? Would you say you're in an open relationship? There's people who have all sorts of different ways of
2: mm,
1: making meaning of that. Yeah, there are a lot of labels.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and
2: it's been dynamic for us. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in. The beginning, we called it open. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, we've dabbled in what is t- called polyamory, mm-hmm. but we mm-hmm. don't necessarily yes. identify always as polyamorous. No. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we might find uh, some answer to that in one thing that I think was missing in, in uh, the last bit, which is, you know, if a person's feelings are going to get hurt um, and if it's so complicated... You know, I think we missed the, the motivation um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and why anyone would want to do this. Uh, it, it's certainly not right. to prove a point. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: well, why have you been doing this? I've just been trying to prove a point.
0: <laughs> right. There's challenges, but like you're saying, there's 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 the the benefit outweighs that. Right. The challenge, the the, the hurt feelings that can happen.
2: Yes. Um, there's. I and I imagine we take away different things um one thing that uh i think we both take away um Mm -hmm. is the amount of trust that you can achieve with your partner when more is on the table uh more Mm -hmm. opportunity is on the table is um kind of enormous
1: my god that is so true and i haven't thought about it in years but there's so much less to be afraid of
2: you know, it's still possible for us to cheat on each other. Absolutely. So, um, mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's a, a, maybe an important clarification for mm-hmm. somebody who's still working out in their mind what ethical non-monogamy is. and right. I, You know, I mean. How would you describe cheating
0: in your cheating situation? Cheating is a
1: betrayal of trust. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's mm-hmm. a it's it's a purposeful transgression of mm-hmm. uh, either a, a firmly established or implied. Uh, Boundary within a relationship. Mm-hmm. It involves deception. Mm-hmm. It involves... Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I think this is why the community decided that the ethical part was necessary yes. in this mm-hmm. phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, right. The ethical implies that this is for the greater good. And mm-hmm. that, uh, that's
0: what mm-hmm. ethics is about, right? And that
1: both partners mm-hmm. are willing and knowledgeable participants.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And as you said earlier, you're uncomfortable with dishonesty, right? You know, and so, so this feels like something that we um, are uniquely suited for. Um, and and you're describing, Keith, that, and, and, and also you, Gwen, that we do see each other as our primary, each other's primary partner, right? So other partners that we might um, participate with, um, we don't see them as being like the central relationship, central romantic relationship in our life.
2: That's correct. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it's um, you know nothing against anyone else. It is mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. just that we have a commitment to each other mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, we prioritize each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what we both wanted from mm-hmm. our relationship.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and an important thing uh, that makes the whole uh, the whole system ethical is being clear about that with mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. involved. Yes. Mm-hmm
0: right with the people that you might be meeting outside of the primary relationship and with each other right so we we're talking with each other about this all the time there's no kind of like gaps in knowledge that we have correct
1: and and i will say that some couples do practice sort of a don't ask don't tell policy and really Mm -hmm. you know it's whatever works for your relationship like i'm Mm -hmm. not here to tell you that you have to have like weekly check-ins or, like, a big mm-hmm. spreadsheet. We don't have either of those. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, it really... It, it's such a... It's such a delicate thing. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. It's, and it's such a deeply personal decision that, like, I really don't mm-hmm. think you can just pick a, a label or a model or a method mm-hmm. and just say, like, we're going to follow that. We're going to, you know... Mm-hmm. We're we're chapter nine, like that's us, and go from there because um, people's comfort levels with things are different. Something that surprises people a lot is that um, Keith and I have very uh, different comfort levels with with different things uh, extramaritally, and so like there are things that are on the table for me that are not on the table for Keith. There are things that are on the table for Keith that. Are not on the table for me. And mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be right. equal. It doesn't have to be fair. It doesn't have to be balanced. It just mm-hmm. has to feel good for both people involved.
0: And this is the benefit for y'all of kind of coming up with something that is sort of intuitive, right? That isn't mm-hmm. just like you're saying we read this book and we're gonna we're gonna pick this off the shelf and then graft it onto our relationship. It's like hey, this is what kind of would be interesting, maybe. or, or It was also a
1: tremendously would... slow process for mm-hmm. us. And I think mm-hmm. that that's really something that, like, right. people, especially when they're coming from a monogamous place in their relationship mm-hmm. and they're like, let's open this up, they just, like, right. kick the doors down and they're like, it's it's on. And it's like, Shh. that is... We, we were like, yes, we are in an open relationship. And then we did nothing with that for six months
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> except was, talk about it. Yes, it was very speculative. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was... All talk with amongst each other, Mm -hmm. um, not really broadcasting anything either. Mm -hmm. um, Just about the what ifs Mm -hmm. and the whys Mm -hmm. and the hows Mm -hmm. um, until we took very small and incremental steps to try things. and did lots of checking in with each other.
1: And there were some steps where it was like, ooh, that I didn't like how that went, and that makes mm-hmm. me sad, and I don't want that. And so it was like, okay, we take a step back from that. Maybe we revisit that situation later. Maybe we figure out, you know, what needed to happen instead when we, when we try something like this again. Like, it was very, very slow.
2: It, it's hard to imagine that blueprints... Can be directly applied generically to a relationship because mm-hmm. everyone's goals um, mm-hmm. are different, and everyone's comfort levels are different, and mm-hmm. um, it. And this is why our rules are not symmetric.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, a relationship is not a board game. It's not like mm-hmm. you lay out all the pieces and you get out the instruction booklet and somebody explains what the what the end goal is, and then mm-hmm. everyone you know rolls the dice. It's like. Mm-hmm. This is, this is a life that we're building together. And you have to be flexible, you know, like uh, for us, like the fact that I have sort of like cancellation privileges where it's like if I'm having a really bad day and you have a date tonight, but I like really need you to be home and to support me while I like mm-hmm. cry and eat popcorn, like I'm, I'm going to ask you to stay home with me. And like mm-hmm. that's, you know, that that's... Mm-hmm. I, I take I take priority mm-hmm. and and you know it's I don't even have to justify like why I need mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um and, and mm-hmm. the same is is true. It's a it's a constant negotiation. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. every relationship is different and thus there aren't really off the shelf parts that you can just throw at it. You mm-hmm. have to right. custom build um, all of
0: your attachments. And I think that's what I love about Doing marriage stories, talking with couples about all the unique ways that people connect, because it's you know the same of any relationship, right? That that um, you know we have to be, you know, tailors, right? You know, when we're building a successful relationship and 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 custom fit it to what works for us, right? You know, there's no one size fits all thing, and I think that that's wonderful to hear how for yourselves that has evolved in this way, right? Where it's like, hey, this this is something that's interesting, that um, adds to our relationship, that deepens the trust that we have with each other. And um, it's challenging, too. But but being in a relationship is challenging. Uh, being in a marriage is challenging. And um, I think that's a wonderful thing that um, y'all have chosen for yourselves. Um, and, and I'm curious, like, where, you know, not just with the kind of ethno, ethical non-monogamous part of this, but where are you wanting to go as a couple? What's, what's the next chapter for y'all?
1: That's a really good question.
0: Thanks.
2: We, you know, it's uh, hard to imagine living life without aspiration.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: without aspiration, I think you feel stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we carry our individual aspirations. Um, and a huge part of our relationship is supporting each other to achieve our individual aspirations. Um, I'm not sure that presently we have um, relationship-focused aspirations. You know, we have together aspirations mm-hmm. for sure. You know, uh, you know, move into the future farm, build a you know, a resort or something out Mm -hmm. of it. Have five
1: Um, dogs, yes.
2: (laughs) You know. um, The goose is coming to the farm, right? right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone needs to know where the goose is going. Build an incredible garden, you know. But um, our relationship is not the end. It's the means. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I would say that right now our relationship feels very solid. It feels very, very Mm -hmm. firm, very safe. And goals right now are kind of professional. You know, I'm working on a book and trying to get that published and you're working at a startup that's going really well and we're just kind of like doing doing our home routine um, really well. I know that in the future, you know, we might move, we might um, change jobs. A- any number of things could happen, but um as far as, like, the future, I think the, the the things that we're really focused on right now are kind of, um, I don't know, individual, personal.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we have these kind of exciting, you know, future goals of living on a farm together. Maybe, you know, um, making that into a resort of some sort. These are exciting things for you all to be thinking about. Um, I'm always curious, like, when we get to a point... Um, you know, where people start to look at your relationship and think about the kind of broad arc and themes that have emerged, like, you know, say your 50th wedding anniversary, right? You have your friends there and they're toasting you. What would you like them to say about Keith and Gwen at that point?
1: I don't, I, I don't think there's any way to know what our relationship will have accomplished or have mm-hmm. meant in, in another... Forty-five years. Um, I mean, we are at the beginning of a very long story.
2: I have a slightly different take, I suppose. Um, you know, I was just thinking about the last few uh, minutes of conversation and uh, around goals and aspirations, and um, you know, this got presented in this kind of individualistic. Way where you know uh, I'm pursuing something, Gwen's pursuing something, and I'm not sure that that really conveys the feeling that I have. Um, Gwen's goals are my goals, too. Mm. Um, I want Gwen's success in um, novel writing, and uh, I, you know, Gwen wants my success in. Uh, you know, my professional endeavors and we live our successes together and we feel Mm -hmm. our successes Mm -hmm. together. So Mm -hmm. while there are certainly, um, you know, individual uh, focuses, it's Mm -hmm. um, a shared um, outcome and Mm -hmm. a shared success. And um, something that I really appreciate about the present quality of our relationship is how... Um, in the most comfortable way I can imagine, my friends are Gwen's friends Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. vice versa. And I feel like literally Gwen could sub in for me uh, Mm -hmm. hanging out with my friends um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, provide them support or Mm -hmm. uh, just show up for them. And what I imagine, uh, you know, from somebody reflecting on that way down the line is how, you know, I what I want them to take away is how we never stopped being individuals, but mm-hmm. also were somewhat interchangeable parts from a machine. That, <laughs> you know, the machine of our relationship and the, mm-hmm. the machine that enabled us to achieve things. Mm-hmm.
1: We will crush you with our hospitality.
0: <sighs> well, I love that. And here's to y'all and that journey that you're on. And I hope that um, many folks are there to celebrate you at that point. Um, so what's what's the title of this story here? What do we think?
2: The um, One word that just jumped into my mind was co-authorship. Mm. Um, but there was something earlier around um, honesty. Oh,
1: <laughs> and, uh, a discomfort with dishonesty.
0: Yeah. 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 What do you I all like think that. about that? hmm hmm Yeah. Yeah.
1: Have you yeah. asked all the questions that you want to ask about uh, our open mm-hmm. relationship? I feel like we yeah. spent a lot of time talking about um, our
0: relationship as a
1: whole, but like...
0: Yeah, totally. I think that that was really... I thought that was great. I, I don't think it needs to be like... Because that's not like all of y'all, right? You yeah. Don't, and that's, don't want that to...
1: That's kind of the other thing that I that, – that's the point that I wanted to make mm-hmm. a point of is that like our openness, our, our ethical right. non-monogamy is a right. small fraction of our relationship. It is not mm-hmm. the center mm-hmm. of what we do. It is not a constant topic mm-hmm. of conversation. And I, I think that um, the fact that it isn't centered in our relationship is what allows it to be sustainable.
2: Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it You know, for most people, it's more akin to the food we like to eat or the places mm-hmm. we like to vacation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Totally. I think that that's, in my experience at least, there's kind of an inverse relationship, kind of like you are saying earlier, between um, – how much we talk about our openness and how healthy it is. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Um, and, and I think y'all are on the, um, you know, uh, s- the side of it where you're not talking about it as much and, and it, it seems to be very healthy. So I, I liked how with the, the way that this flowed um, that you – talked about how you evolve and grow as a couple that's an ethic you have just generally as 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 a couple and and that that's important to you and that that was a part of it right you know i think that it you you provided a lot of clarity around that um for people that you know are not as aware of this so thank you for that
1: it's been a pleasure we were very honored to be invited
0: where goes the time Thank you for listening to today's episode of Marriage Stories. As always, I am your host, Trevor White. Production of this episode was done by Gabe Martinez, music provided by OK Carol. Our website, where you can find all of our episodes and sign up to receive new episodes direct to your inbox, is LaunchToLand.com. Once again, that's LaunchToLand.com. Feel free to follow along on all of our social media channels at LaunchToLand, as well as our YouTube channel. Starting your own marriage story? Head over to LaunchToLand.com and check out our premarital counseling video series with host and licensed marriage and family therapist Trevor White. This comprehensive series will prepare you to take off in the marriage you want. Listeners can use a special promo code PROLOG to get 15% off your first purchase. Once again, that is promo code PROLOGUE to get 15% off your first purchase. Enjoying Marriage Stories? Please subscribe, like, share, tell a friend, and leave a five-star review. And as always, be sure to join us next week as we take another Marriage Story off the shelf.